What would you do if you got scammed? Would you suffer in silence or would you do something about it? Well, I got scammed once and this is the story of what I did. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, a true crime podcast from The Ringer. And for seven episodes, we're hunting a con man, a guy with a lot of aliases, a guy who's ruined a lot of weddings. And with the help of some friends, I just might be able to catch him. Listen to The Wedding Scammer on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected. An inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue. A surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland. Watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being. Present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by Brooks. Calling all running nerds, Brooks has just dropped the Go 16, a sweet name for an even sweeter shoe. If you're looking for comfort for that morning jog or when you're hopping on that treadmill, look no further than the Go 16, which has a nitrogen-infused cushioning. That means it's nice, soft, and lightweight. So you got the comfort, but you don't sacrifice the speed. Turn those everyday miles into everyday endorphins and the better than ever Brooks Go 16. Click or tap the banner to learn more. Welcome into the Ringiverse. This is, of course, the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. We are Jomi the Explainer at General. You've got questions. He's got answers. We are Steve, the architect of all men, the builder, tinkerer of things, Mr. Afudi Food Bubble Guts. Oh, right. <laughs> Jesus. We are Old Man Van, he of the receding, resurgent hairline, and Coke Baby Chuck, 24 karat closer. AKA the brunch hottie. Together we are known as uh, I'm a Night Boys. <laughs> All right. You guys got to follow us on socials. It's very important. Insta, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Jummy, is there anything happening on socials? Any updates? Hey, no, we're. Um... Posting all the stuff from the the live show. You like that? Yeah. Shout out to everybody who showed up. Shout out to everybody shout who came out through. To everybody who came to the live show. Yeah. It was a bunch of fun. So, you know, posting some behind the scenes stuff. We're going to get some clips up from the, at the video team. There's going to get some clips up of some stuff that. that happened. So, yeah, man, stay tuned. Make sure to follow and tap in. Real should- quick, I just have to bring this up about the live show. Oh, something wait, I learned wait. about Jomi. What's up? You got a crabs in the barrel men- mentality, Jomi. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was talking to your Jesus little bro. Christ. Oh. I, I was talking to your little bro. And he You're was just a hater. Like, he's like, Jomi, like, your little bro needs, like, a job. Like, with your stature out the ringer, you can't even get him, like, a little internship. Get him just something on the side, line his pocket. Jomi's like Jay-Z now. He's not going to give anybody help. Yep. <sighs> Damn, Steve. Steve came through with some real social commentary right there. <laughs> <laughs> we all knew Jay-Z's answer. He said, get, take the 500K. <laughs> Jump, you, you want to respond? I mean, I mean, there's not much to respond to. Go. I don't respond to libel, so wow, I'm gonna keep it pushing. Jesus Christ! Oh, we should say something right now, guys. Before we get to 
all the Midnight Boys are together in person taping this podcast right now. Rare yeah. occasion. Yeah. Rare, rare occasion. Rare Friday. Oh, it's going to become an occasion that we're doing more often now. Yeah, it's oh. something that's happened. Oh, daddy. All right. On Saturday, mid-edition, we'll be getting together to discuss the finale of Gen V. Guess what? Still haven't seen one episode. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's, it's man. good stuff. It's I'm going to jump into it. Guess what? We liked it. <laughs> Kalika's sitting down right here. Uh, me and Kalika are probably going to end up watching Gen V. We're going to watch Gen V uh, probably between when you guys come over for football and anybody who doesn't come over for football this weekend is not a real fan. Wait, is Gen V, is that black woman's power that she slits her wrists and can control her blood? Okay, so technically, yes. Oh, come on, bro. Oh, yeah, like, see, I seen that. I did watch the first part of the first episode, and I want to let you know that was enough to make a nigga turn that shit off. I get it. I, like, I get it. I get it. Like, Trust me. In that first episode, you'll, you'll turn that episode off like three more times. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that was enough when her mom comes in the bathroom or whatever. That was enough for me to make yeah. I'm like, I'm not about to look at this right now, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll do that. It's, not, it's not great. <laughs> Sunday, okay. splash page. Returns as Jess breaks down the Easter eggs. You need to know for Loki, episode five. Guys, I'll tell you right now, splash page, number one YouTube-related fandom content. Hell yeah. Number one. Jess is doing her thing. A Monday, House of R is going to be back. Give you a deep dive on Loki, episode five. I'd say 3.30. <laughs> a lot of at, episodes at least say 3.30 yeah at least 2.30 um, you can find that over on the House of R podcast feed on today's show we have what we're calling a midnight mega episode we got Loki episode mm. 5 then of course we have to turn the page to a little nerd news minute with the scathing variety article that came out <laughs> that has recontextualized expectations for the MCU. Motherfuckers better get their apologies, Freddie. Woo! So, Charles's so, victory summer is so, like so, insane oh, so right now. Centered, man. It's nuts. all about Chuck. That's nuts. <laughs> and then, guys, episode one of Invincible. It's all on one pod, one midnight mega episode, guys. Midnight men. Midnight men doing their thing. Loki's up first. Here's the thing. We're going to spoil everything in the MCU, everything you've ever heard about, everything you've ever read about, stuff that you've read that might be happening in the future. Who knows? Maybe Robert Downey Jr. comes back. You never know. <laughs> We're just saying shit now. <laughs> Who knows what could happen? Who, I, well, nobody knows. Wesley Snipes could come back at this point. You guys <laughs> Yo, Wesley Snipes comes back. I mean, bro. I take it all back. <laughs> Yo, so, yeah, the Blake conversation is crazy. He might as well. Just let him at have this it. point. Why not? Fuck it. Right? We're just doing shit. Okay. Uh, Invincible, the MCU, everything up to date. I will say this: We've been talking about Loki the whole time. If you have not went back and supplemented. The first season of Invincible, you guys, we're going to be spoiling that when we talk about Invincible. I had to go back and watch some stuff. It makes the, uh, the the season opener better. So all of that stuff is going to be brought up on this podcast. Steve, give me my handy spoiler warning. We're getting ready to talk about... Ah, Loki! You're listening to a reaction podcast. 
the spoilers are coming. To begin our reactions, we have to put you in the in the know. The only way to do that is giving you the midnight manifest. The only person who can do that is Chuck Wagon. All right, so since we're live, this is this is going off the dome. Can you give me yo? Does anybody have a lighter? Could I do like the Lil Wayne lighter flick? If you don't get into this midnight manifest, right, bro. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I just did it for you. <laughs> All right. This is your Midnight Manifest for Loki Episode 5, Science Fiction, directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, written by Eric Martin. We begin with Loki, who wakes up back at the TVA, but all of his friends are now gone. As Loki begins to time slip, he's going back to each branch timeline where his allies are originally from. Mobius is a jet ski salesman, Obi a failed sci-fi novelist and physics teacher, B-15 a doctor, and Casey an escapee from Alcatraz. They've all forgotten their memories of the TVA, but Obi is the one who believes Loki the fastest. Obi tells Loki that he could potentially control his time slipping, but to fix their current predicament, he needs to collect the rest of the team and their collective temporal auras. Loki has the most trouble with Mobius, who now has kids and is a single father. And Sylvie, of course, thinks that everything is going according to plan, and she doesn't want to help Loki. But when they're at the bar, she gets Loki to admit that the thing that he really wanted all along is his friends, and his friends are those at the TVA. But when Sylvie sees her dimension turn to spaghetti, she decides to help. Unfortunately, all the people turn into temporal spaghetti at the same time, and Loki finally gets control of his time slipping. So it doesn't really matter because now he can travel back to the point right before the temporal loom exploded. And that has been your Midnight Manifest for Loki episode five. All right, let's get into it. Pin up, pin, uh, pin ultimate episode, episode five of the show. Start off with Chuck. What'd you like? They bullshitting. Come on, bro. You want to fucking with it? They, come on, man. Jesus Christ. We all watched this episode together. And when that shit shut off. First time, by the way. First time. First time we've ever all watched an episode together at the same time. That's crazy. It's it, lovely. It's lovely time. Oh, I mean, I enjoyed the episode more because I was watching it with y'all. But at the end of that episode, penultimate, even if I don't want to compare it to season one, but do y'all remember how we felt after the penultimate episode? Oh my God. Of season one. It was like I was gas. An MCU TV show can do this. It can make it made me feel the same way I feel when you get a really dope twist in an actual Marvel movie. And this episode, it just kind of felt like they were circling the drain a little bit. And I last episode, when I was talking, I was like, yo, this episode, the last one ended on such a cliffhanger. It has to be big. It has to feel important. And for me, it just did it. Am I, am I yeah. being my normal hating Not story? at all. So this episode was them spinning their wheels a little bit. They were treading water. And they ended up exactly in the same place where they started. Did cool stuff happen in the episode? Yeah. Yeah. Was it fun to see Mobius finally as a jet ski salesman? Was it cool to see B-15 in a different uh, life? Was it cool to see Casey in a different spot? It was cool to see all the characters free of the TVA, living out lives on the timeline somewhere else. It definitely was cool. Did that build any sort of kinetic energy to this episode to where at the end, when Loki pops back up, basically in the same place that he started, that you feel fulfilled? No. It seemed like not it, even, it seemed like not even that they were catching their breath. It seemed like they were pausing the story. 
Like they yep. were, they, they didn't, catching your breath is one thing. This one kind of seemed like it took a break. Not a boring episode of television, but an unnecessary one, which you don't want to have in the six episode run. You know what I mean? Is, is there a moment where you understood w- what this episode was trying to do? Yes. No. Yeah. And I, it, I'm going to be real. I was like, this episode better not end like an episode of Naruto where fucking Loki realizes Naruto. like the power of friendship can save the fucking timeline. <laughs> and damn near that's what happened. When Loki is essentially like, okay, time is fiction. I've solved it all. I was like, is that really what we're going to do after you're doing all these timey well, shenanigans here's and the, shit? And, and like, it seems to be the fact that like the show is doing a terrible job at trying to make up excuses as to why the show works. Yes. Where all you need to do is just make up a slightly better reason. Like it's so caught up in explaining why things should work the way that they are that it actually is losing the... Like it's losing the plot for the sake of explaining the plot. So Loki gotta believe in himself to stop time slipping. That's really so, what we're doing here. Th- so I, I think he was maybe scared into the time slipping, or you know, Disney's doing a good job of letting us know that when um something traumatic is happening to a character, all kinds of amazing powers will come out. Like <clears throat> when something traumatic is about to happen to somebody, they can finally use the force after not being able to move a fucking blade of grass <laughs> for the time. <laughs> and then push no, them across no, the Grand Canyon. No specific reference. No, no, specific, no, no but, specific reference. Um, before I get into... John, what you got, bro? You guys are all incorrect. Oh, give it to me. This episode uh, did a really good job of not only, like, expanding, um, like, the lore, or... I won't say that. I'll say oh, the episode did a good job Yo, of giving us... Fingers like, on the button. Just fingers on the button. No, no. How can it stop the cat by his opinion? That's... I'm wait, I was waiting I'm waiting for you to just say that I'm kidding. I know. I just saw a I'm man, not serious. I just saw I'm, a I'm, band I'm, drop out of Joe Mee's fucking pockets. Can y'all let Kevin him get his shit off, you a, a crisp 1,000. Fuck out of here, Joe Mee. I'm, 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 I'm concerned for all of you. Okay. I don't know what like I must have watched a different episode. So I thought this was a very like important and like meaningful 45 minutes of television for the show and the main character, right? So for the main character, there's a moment in the bar with him and Sylvie and we find out that like all Loki wants are his friends back. He's never had that before. Never across the entire time we've seen him. He's never had a group of people that he's willing to like sacrifice everything for. And he found it. And he finally admitted to himself, admitted to us for the first time. Like, I want my friends back. That's it. That's the only thing. Like, I got here. I found this group of people that I love and I care about. And he's like, do you want to see the TVA? Do you want to do this? Nah. He just wants his homies back. He just wants his pals back. Like, I I don't know how you watch that episode and then come away with like, okay. And then that translates to the end where time is unraveling. All the timelines are all coming apart. And he can't figure out how to control the time slipping. And when he sees all his friends spaghetti fight away, like almost in like a, you know, quasi snap Thanos type thing. Same shit. And mm-hmm. he's like, yo... Like, 
how do I save these people that I love and I care about? Again, like, you know, to the point, you know, he does the whole, like, I lost. You have that moment. Bang. Right. To say that it's spinning its wheels is doing the show a disservice because now we get back to that point. I mean, you can argue, I guess we'll have to see how the season six or how episode six ends to see like how well it's done. But now he gets to go back to that moment yeah. while also having the power of being able to go anywhere in time and be able to a manipulate and change power. things. Right. A crazy power, <laughs> like an OP type level. And again, it happens this episode and you're just like, Let's oh, they're spinning right. their wheels. They're, so, they're, so let's, like, let's. I don't know. I don't. Let's. I don't, let's, well, I don't agree let's stay, with that. Oh, one second, Steve. Let's let's stay on the bar scene. That's the most impotent scene in the history of the show. <laughs> That's the single most useless scene when he is doing all this for his friends. First of all, let me tell you something. I, I I get I get that Loki needs people, and the entire first season of the show was able to ground itself in Loki's specific connection to one character. Now, throughout the season, we've seen Loki interact with a bunch of people, but in the background of this, there was always some impending doom that was led by some multiversal, overarching, gigantic cataclysm. So much so that the development between the characters in this story has actually been sacrificed for an endless MacGuffin chase, number one, and also this problem solve, this never-ending stream of problem solving. So that's what they've done. Every single episode, rebuild this to undo this. Let's go here. We need this person to get this person back to save this. And it's all about saving all of these people and doing all of this stuff. It has not been at all about the interplay between the characters. It hasn't. The only time we've ever really gotten any time to catch our breath with these characters is in this episode. And when she pushes it out of them, I just want to have my friends again. I'm sure he does. But my nigga, reality is about to fucking dissolve. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It's like... It's, it's my like, McDonald's just turned like, into spaghetti. It's like <laughs> the, show, the show, it seemed like, knew what it wanted to be. But it, I'm wondering if... There, if something happened that made them switch narratives, because that is a total change from what we've been doing. And look, it's fine; it's not whack. But I absolutely felt nothing for him in that scene. It, it's it seemed to know exactly what it should do for its character, for its main character, and like it just spells it out in the more obvious way of just like we are saying what this character wants because the plot demands it so, and. Ouroboros literally confirms that by saying, well, it's not because of any scientific reason. It's because of fiction. And the more you think about that, and I really try to not, it sounds more and more stupid because it's literally just saying the plot demands that you should have this power by now or that you should have the ability to do something and think about yourself and then do it. Yes. Is that, is that, am, I, am I crazy to think that it's that simple? No. Or that it presented it, it that simply? It presented it that way, and I was kind of just, like, appalled as the viewer, where I'm just like, wait, we're doing this? Where this is a show that you built your bones on having all of these time rules and all of these names, scientific names that obviously mean mm -hmm. nothing. And then at the end, you're like, 
actually all you had to do was believe. I could see the version of this episode that worked. I could see where like, like we needed a lot more time with this where like Loki is stranded and constantly lost in time and realizing for himself that he needs his friends and he wants his friends for this entire time. <laughs> like if we felt that kind of connection with the rest of his friends for the entirety of this season, more so, we would have known that, but we've been constantly chasing MacGuffins, been having a plot explained to us, mechanics that don't make sense, instead of actually being connected emotionally with what this character actually wants. Jeremy, I want to ask you something. What's up? At the end of the episode, you threw your hands up. Why? What do you mean? When um, they go back to don't the... play dumb, nigga. I <laughs> you I threw your hands that. up. You were like, is that it? No, nah, we, like were back. you expecting more or nah, not really? I don't, I don't know. I, I think last week I talked about like Fada gonna be like getting the band back together. Like I think I pretty much like was like this is what's gonna happen this week. Kind of so like it. I don't, I wasn't like totally like surprised or taken aback. Like I mean, it wasn't like the most like action packed episode we've ever seen. Clearly, but I think to take a beat and you know kind of re- basically like yeah, basically like reset everything. And you know, put Loki in the position to do to do what he has to do in the finale. I thought it would did a good job of that. All right, so let me a- ask this: Did we? All right, this whole season and honestly, the whole series has been building towards Mobius. What is his connection to jet skis? What is his connection to this life that he was taken from? We finally got it in this episode, and I'm like, how could an emotional moment fall this utterly flat? I'll tell you why. It fell flat because they used it not as a like vital part of who Mobius is, but as a way station. Yep. To get to something else, like he, there's an emotional thing. He's got a life. He's got two kids. Yeah, <laughs> that's important. You, you know what I mean? Like he's got <laughs> two children, and there was a moment where there could have been some exploration of exactly what it meant for Mobius to be extracted from that life. But as soon as we're looking at him and he, another version of him is talking to Loki, it cheapens any type of sacrifice that he has to make because his boys don't really lose anything. Now it's vibes. I didn't even get Mm -hmm. an emotional beat of, all right, what is his relationship with these children besides him kind of being the nagging parent? I actually was like, you probably should have done this in episode two of this season or episode three, waiting this long and then kind of yada yadaing Mobius's like return to his former life. Mm-hmm. Just well, felt it, cheap. Even, even in episode two, when Mobius is like, oh man, I can't handle the idea of something good in my life happening, yes. existing on the timeline. We need to know just just like just how bad of a of a sacrifice that is to just abandon all of like your two boys for this stranger. Like and the call to adventure that Mobius gets from somebody like Loki really does need to mean something. And well, I mean Loki's Loki's like, hey man, if you want to save your kids, you know, come through. I, let me ask you a question, real quick. You you're chilling at the house, you're playing the VR, something's going on. Motherfucker steps out of a portal. Big machine says, hey, come with me. We got to go save the world. Who's stepping through the portal with this motherfucker? Well, if Jomi's playing Spider-Man 2, he's not going anywhere because he's really got to find I actually have an important follow-up question. Give it to me. Male, female, white, black, how attractive? (laughs) 
Wow. Okay. Okay. No, it's literally that's Tom Hiddleston. That's How about important. That? It's literally just nah, Tom Hiddleston. I don't, I don't think care. I follow Tom Hiddleston. I'm not following a white There's man no through the portal. I'm not following Tom Hiddleston. CC, that's interesting that you would say that. Well, given this, the this last exact time, scenario, the last time white people landed somewhere looking right. like aliens <laughs> See? and told us to See? follow somewhere, we never got back. You know what I mean? They I say, doubt they were that nice about it. Shit, <laughs> you never know. They probably This was, might uh, sound strange. It's like, hey man, it's carnival. Hey, this is hey, I'm Portuguese. This is carnival. Oh, right. <laughs> like, come get on this. We we spend it. Next thing you know, we didn't hit them drums again, baby. We didn't hit them drums again, man. It was, I, I bet you know, it's going away. You can hear the faint drums in the distance. It's like the whole thing is fucked up. Anyway. Um, no, interesting question. Uh, let's say, so Tom Hiddleston, you say no. Let's say any white man, I'm saying no. I'm not following a white man. It's gonna be hard, right? Tony Hawk. Now, right what if Tony Hawk come through that door? Oh, Tony Hawk, maybe. Oh, damn. And, and I know it's Tony Hawk. Yeah. Tony oh Hawk. yeah, I'm going through the portal. If he kickflips through Hawk. that time door, yeah, Zoe Kravitz. Nah, I'm sorry. Is it no Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> it's you know what the stop yeah, on Zoe Kravitz just in terms of like. Whether she's down with the cause. Oh, uh, you bit- fucked up because of the Will Smith shit. You're not fucking with her no more. Zendaya. Yeah. Yeah. Probably so. Zendaya is good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Barack Obama. I don't know. 2011, maybe now. Not so much. <laughs> right. Well, that's I'm the thing. Just- if it's to fix time, you don't know what he's fixing. I'm just going to say, you know, Mr. Drones, I don't know. I don't know if Damn. a lot of people would. Wow. Yeah. What? No, he's right. He's, he's <laughs> what? Am I wrong? Magic Johnson. Ah. What do you need I me mean, for? Magic? Magic, magic probably like compelling himself. You know what I mean? He probably sell you. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like current age Magic Johnson or out there getting it, Magic I'm not from the phone. I'm not, I'm not with that. I'm not going with he that. He comes out in, with his, in his 80s Lakers jersey. Quincy Isaiah show up like, hey, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's, not it's, going with It's 1982. I need you. I'm like, ah, my boy. You got it. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm chill. Uh, Michael Jackson, 2004. Nah. No. What is no. it? No. <laughs> no. I need you. This episode is brought to you by Brooks. Calling all running nerds, Brooks has just dropped the Go 16, a sweet name for an even sweeter shoe. If you're looking for comfort for that morning jog or when you're hopping on that treadmill, look no further than the Go 16, which has a nitrogen-infused cushioning. That means it's nice, soft, and lightweight. So you got the comfort, but you don't sacrifice the speed. Turn those everyday miles into everyday endorphins and the better-than-ever Brooks Go 16. Click or tap the banner to learn more. I want to come back to Jomi real quick. What's up? And I'm just asking here. Mm. So we saw B15, Dr. Casey, prisoner Alcatraz. Um, Super racist. <laughs> uh, OB, writer slash professor at Caltech. So he's obviously still brilliant. Most of these people's characters reflect some of the things that they were doing in their various timelines, mm. you know? Casey, very resourceful. He was breaking out of Alcatraz. B-15, a lot of heart. Uh, problem solver. She was a doctor. Uh, 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 obviously, OB, big imagination, plus uh, this technical genius, mm-hmm. writer and or whatever. Did you feel like you cared 
about any of the iterations of these characters that you met on their various timelines. Because I couldn't connect with them. They seemed like variants of themselves. They seemed like the diet versions of the other characters. We didn't get very much with them. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think what what you're supposed like the show wanted you to feel I, I think maybe like I felt this way is like you take those characters that you already like kind of feel for in the first like four episodes and then yeah you're supposed to like I guess project your feelings for the like B15 to the B15 on the on the on the branch timeline and so yeah it was like you know oh man OB he can't sell a book you know what I mean like it's, it's, it's tough for old boy right and um, seeing you know seeing Mobius or or Don, they were calling him, right? Like, can't sell a jet ski worth his life. You know what I mean? Like, he's out here. He's pet, he's trying his best working, what, Sunday, nine to, or Monday through Saturday, nine to five. You yeah. know what I mean? Trying to take care of his two boys as a single parent, right? Since the wife left. Um, yeah, it was just like, it was cool. I think what I'm, I think I'm seeing is because, like, you guys are like, they're not doing, like, a, a great job of, like, you know, integrating these characters, especially with, like, Loki, mm-hmm. right? And I think we see it, like, especially with Mobius, every week, Kim and Mobius have, like, a moment of, like, friendship, you know? And then we talked about, like, last week when they were doing the the little model thing. They were like, this looks like you. This doesn't look like me. Like, that's the kind of stuff, like, you know, like, people do. Like, like these clothes people do, you know? And then just spending time with all the other characters within the series, you know, they're not, I don't think we feel the same way, like, about Loki and Mobius, but you're still, like, Hey man, you want to see these people succeed. You want to see them, you know, do what they need to do. And when they all get spaghettified this week, I again, like, I'm not saying like it was the same as like the staff, whatever. Like seeing Black Panther and Spider Man, that was different. That was a whole another thing. But, but you still felt something. You still felt something. Like you, this especially such a lie, when you, bro. Especially, <laughs> this, come on, nah, man. Like I'm not saying I was there in tears. You want the Diet I, Coke Infinity War? Like that's what it felt okay, like. Okay, well, I won't even say Diet. Like you know, what I'm saying Diet it's Coke's like, delicious. It wasn't even Diet Coke. It was you like you a Diet Coke nigga? Not really, but like I like Diet it. Coke. Yeah, I like Diet Coke. Diet Coke. I'm talking about Diet Coke. You know. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, yeah, it's not like again, like, again, it's not Infinity War. I'm not saying Infinity War, not even close. You know, it's Infinity War minus, minus thousand. But because we care about Loki, and we in that moment, we know that like his friends mean the world to him. Watching him watch his friends die, essentially, mm. like dang, but they've cool done scene. this twice. That's tough. In two episodes, well, everybody, we thought everybody was gone. Well. Yeah, again, so I like emotionally, if I you do it again died, right after the other episode, that, I'm gonna be like, "What am I supposed exactly. to do?" Exactly, it, it feels like it means so much less because it, it, like, to know that you can do that and then immediately take it away, and then do that again and then immediately take it away. Yes, all those moments feel a lot less earned when we're at the bar with Sylvie, being like, "Okay, tell me what you want," and then he's like, "I want this." No, tell me what you want, and like they, we just keep going in the circular thing until we get this inert emotional breakthrough from Loki when we find out that now he can control this power and I'm like I okay also how dumb is Sylvie because they, I'm getting, they hate they hate yeah, Sylvie the silver thing the silver thing is the silver thing was tough because she comes in she's like oh no this whole thing's going messed up it's like it's kind of your fault this is but she, she has you. her memories and what angered me is I'm like all right first season Sylvie's so formidable she's badass she's smart She's running circles around the TVA. Mm-hmm. 
in this episode, if she remembers everything that happens, everybody gets to go back to the timeline. She has not had one thought about like, oh, wait, there's still no time loom. So how am I, like, how is this branch timeline going to survive? She has to wait until she sees it and to be like, oh, okay, yeah, like, Loki was right. We should probably do something about time not existing anymore. Well, she never wanted those problems yeah. in the first place, right? And I hate women. Oh, boy. My she, name is Charles. She, she didn't want these problems in the I first place. I ain't gonna lie, bro. Y'all niggas about to make me say that Marvel's is gonna be a 12 out of 12. <laughs> you know, I'm lying up a storm. And it's a black woman directing. I ain't saying shit about that movie. Hey, everybody, make sure you go get your tickets to the movie of the season. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, like, it, 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 I mean, the whole thing is really her fault. But at the same time, like, she never wanted this problem in the first place. Like, she always wanted to go back to her own, her own time. It was only when, again, the McDonald's cup, you know, disappeared and then you know, the whole, like, record shop started spaghettifying that she's like, hey, man. Well, that's happened to her all season. It seems like she's completely obtuse and stubborn about things until she realizes the stakes in her own terms, you know? Yeah, and, like, the fact that she couldn't possibly care until it immediately affects her, like, I know that she's not that inherently selfish, and she can't stay that way up until... She has been, though. She has been. She says it in the episode. Like She's like, yes, I am selfish, but, like, it's the fact that... She can only give that to Loki in his 11th hour and then only when she comes back to him and being like, okay, now it's all falling apart, so we've got to figure this out. Then he's like, oh, I figured it out. Great. Like, Question. Okay, so episode five, not a disaster. Not my favorite episode. Not which a disaster. Yeah, which, not a disaster. Like, which is, like, I think so that's fine. I, I guess that's fair. My, my question is, where, where are we going? What, what I, now? Well, we're back again. We're, 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 we're in another situation. Honestly, guys, we're in another situation with the Marvel property mm-hmm. to where... Here we are again. <laughs> we're looking at episode six. <laughs> and we're like, we don't know what's going on right and we're, now. <laughs> and we're like, we don't really know what's happening. And then at the same time, there doesn't seem to be a clear end to the narrative here. Like, we're not pointing in any real way. It's kind of like... It's another situation to where I'm going to check the runtime and be like, well, you know what I mean? It's, it's like I'm trying to. If this is a half hour. Standard. We're like, well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just yeah. saying it's like there's there's nothing. I don't feel like I'm almost at the end of a meal. I don't right. feel like I'm almost satisfied. They fixed the temporal loom. Okay, what? Now And, now then, what? and, I've, now I've, what? and I've enjoyed this show. I've enjoyed right. Loki, but I have some trepidation wait, wait, about. Wait, 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 wait. If they fix the temporal loom, that's not a good enough ending? No. no, to what end? Really, to what end? Not really, what does it mean? Bro. Why bro, should you, I give you, you a fuck tell about me, the temporal loom? Bro, Why? It, 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 it has to be more than fixing the temporal loom, Jump. If they, right, so if they fix this. the temporal loom and save the TVA, and the TV, we Who like... Who gives a fuck? Damn. The only reason that we're supposed to care is because the show has told us that As we the need TVA, to care. The TVA is supposed to mean something, bro. The TVA is supposed to mean... Either order or something. They're supposed we're supposed to get a better understanding of all of season one is the fact that it's this authoritarian regime of like taking away free will, and we haven't exactly grappled with that in season two. Only to know that Loki can rewrite his own story. Uh, So rather than I'll put it this way, frankly, why should we care about the TVA? We care about the people in the TVA. Yeah, like I care about Mobius. I care about Ob. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck about the TVA or the Temporal Loom. I don't. Why should I? 
It's got to be more than just saving a temporary. Man, I don't. I mean, no, we don't have. We don't. There's. There was no Victor Timely in this. There's no hint of Kang. Yeah. There's no. It's just you know. Wait, why don't? Why didn't they go get? Oh, I thought no, they were he, gonna have to get him too. Well, no, he got. They'll probably. Get, they'll probably get like, him. He got. He got, well. he got like real cooked. I, think. I mean, well, knowing that Loki can time slip anywhere, what's to stop him from going all the way? Back? Also, well, that, like, and that's like that's what I'm like excited for to see next week. Like, okay, cool, we're back where we where we ended episode four. Except this time we got a dude who can like go through time and you know, you know, presumably like pick and choose where he wants to go and probably like fix this whole problem. So I'm interested to see like how they operate. I'm gonna tell you exactly level. how it's gonna go. Obi's gonna explain exactly what Loki needs to do. And then he's like, Oh, you can fix you can go exactly back to this time, go back to this time, this time, and this time, do this, this, and this, and then he does all of that. I don't know. And man. then one thing goes wrong, and then we have a season three. I think there's I, no I legitimately think our brains are rot. Like I'm like I don't I legitimately and you're happy with as that? A whole, no. <laughs> because like a show will like set up a problem, be like, hey, this is the issue that we need to fix. And then I'll be like, cool. I mean, I've had this, I I, I feel like I'm my brain is melting. Because like I remember we used to watch TV, a show would go on, the season would be like, hey, there's a problem this season. Let's we got, and then we spend all season fixing the problem. And we used to go home and be like, man, that was cool. We had a great time. Now like and we had this conversation. It's never on been Gen about. V. It's never. No, no, no. no a, but the problem I'm saying, has I, to be interesting. I think for me, the, I've had yeah, this it's conversation never been about how twice well today. They fixed the problem. It's always been a. No, it's, it's never been about whether or not they fixed the problem. It's always been about the ride and them doing it. You know what I mean? It's never been. Every show is about right. That, which right? I'm saying. Right. Like, totally, which if like, you got totally, a problem with the ride, that's fine. But that's not what we're talking about. That is what we're talking. That about. That is what we're talking about. What are you talking about? I'm talking about. Episode six hands. What are we talking about? I'm talking about episode six hands. They fix the loom, right? And they present us with another thing to deal with for season for season three. I'm what? saying right or, now, fixing the loom for me, this is the way it feels. Okay. Obviously, you gotta see it. Fixing the loom to me seems like an anticlimactic ending to six episodes of television. It just doesn't seem like enough. For me, I'll just be honest. Look, I don't know. That's look, the plot, the story presented. I'm taking it as they give it to oh, me. Oh, there you go. Not as I want it. Oh, 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 not writing the show. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm like, Johnny. I'm not. That's I, and that's what like I'm trying to like. That maybe that's why my wheels are spinning. Because again, we had this conversation. You're gonna see it in the next episode or the next uh, mint edition episode where we discuss like the ending of season one. Like, did we like it? Did we not? And I'm bumping against the fact that like when the the plot is over. Right, if they go from point A to point B, I'm cool with that. In terms of, all right, they solve the problem they need to solve. All right, how do we move forward from that? You know what I mean? Like, if it's not crazy, if they solve the problem, I'm fine with that. In terms of, no matter how they do, it, being, not, you would be satisfied. Whoa, 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 Jomi, really? Yeah, a, a TV show has to be more than just we got from point A to point B. Yeah, to point I mean, C. again, it, just, it ha- like it. For I don't a good disagree TV, with you. It has to the to Van's point. The journey has to mean something. I, the emotions again, have but that's to mean but, that, but that's not what we're that's not what we're discussing. We're discussing like if they do what they if what the problem that was presented beginning of the show they solve it. That's fine. You guys are saying that's not good enough. Well, because like, no, it's you know, McGuffin. That's it nuts. Is a, like, well, do, you, do you realize that sometimes they don't solve the problem? Like in Infinity War, yeah. they lost. 
which would be an interesting subversion of the thing. I'm like, okay, if they don't do it and it's like something that's interesting, then I'm like, all right, cool. Like we continue, we continue on that journey. You know what I mean? You're saying if they don't do the thing. I'm saying that that, I'm saying that whether or not they do that or they don't do that is really, I, I, I guess this is what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't care about that. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but, like, like how definitely like matters, right? I, I, I don't care about whether or not they fix the temporal loom or not. Because at this point, I, I felt like there should have been something more interesting to care about. I don't really give a shit about whether or not they fix it. I've seen how bad it is, but to me, yeah. they should fix the temporal loom and then do the first it. five minutes of the show, and then they should figure out some other shit. Honestly, I know how this show is about to end, bro. How's Tell it going to end? Honestly, they're about to do some shit like, yay, the TVA. We formed a union. We fought. Everybody gets a 401k. Damn. You can go Jesus. back to our no, first Anti-union Charles Miss Minutes and he who remains trying to throw a pizza party. Hoffa Holmes right here, bro. No, you got rid of him. was the union man. Nah, but they got rid of him. Oh, you feel me? No, because here's the thing. Check this out. How much you want to bet? I'm locked in, brother. How much you want to bet Loki's like, all right, at this new TVA, you can... You could go home at the end of the day. It is not <laughs> well, okay, right. okay, so You could go sell jet skis on the weekend. Okay, Loki's. so what, what if what if the episode ends and Loki's now handing out like you know four hundred one ks? He's getting everybody like you know uh you know eight eight week severance if you get twelve out of twelve. Oh my god! They did oh that my shit. god! Twelve out of twelve. What, you know if what, they, I mean? what if they just made Loki into severance? The show Severance, Ooh. where they like, where they like wipe your brain, like when you come into work, and then they come back yeah. into your own timeline. That'd be dope if it was like a Loki Severance crossover. That's insane. <laughs> um, no, nah, but like, okay, what if like you know, giving out maternity leave, whatever, and then Kang shows up or who remains comes back. He's like, "Yo, you trying to squabble? Like, I kind of need this space." Like maternity leave. There's they women. nothing in the TVA. Uh, maybe I don't know. Time doesn't work like that. I don't think they busting back in the TVA like that. I guess you slot work. Pop into a timeline and then wait. Do you like wait really quick? Do y'all think people fucking in the TVA? I think so. Gotta be. Yeah. Yeah. Really? But they don't remember it because they get their memories wiped. How many times do they get their memories wiped? In like, they gotta be wiping them a lot. Yeah. I feel like they but, gotta well, be wiping But it's also a workplace, you know? So is there like a TVA Marty you know that'll like figure out who the dad is? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Hundreds of years. No, it's like I don't know if they're procreating in the TVA. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're having babies. Yeah. But at the same, yeah, but do they go home? Probably do they have like, like... They don't have the Dobbs decision, so they could probably... <laughs> wow. Um, look, cool. I uh, will <laughs> say this. I am interested to see where uh, Miss Minutes and um, Ravona are. I think that's going to be... Yeah. If we're <laughs> talking about things in episode six, our big bads of this, which, you know, we've had problems be the big bad, but our actual big bads, mm-hmm. which... You know, revealed themselves to be Miss Minutes and Ravona. I'm interested in seeing them come back. Loki, need to land the plane. Need to land the plane. Chuck, a lot of stuff is going on. Hey. Talk to us, baby. All right, we're about to talk about if the MCU is cooked. There was a bombshell <laughs> drops. Oh, man. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, 
view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Variety cover story by Tatiana Siegel entitled Crisis at Marvel. Let's go through some of these uh, bullet points really quick. The first one, there were talks to bring back the original Avengers. Quote, sources say there have been talks to bring back the original gang for an Avengers movie. This would this would include reviving Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man and Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. But the studio hasn't yet committed to this idea. Van, can you please explain why? this might be one of the worst decisions they could make. Okay, because can I say something real quick? Yes. I sort of expected this. Oh, I knew this was happening. So I, I thought that with Secret Wars, maybe not Robert Downey Jr. and Nat, but I expected some iteration of the iteration of the OG Avengers to be back. What I do think, though, is that the way that they, c- they are coming back is, is interesting. Um... If there is some sort of natural narrative where you bring back the older guys, the older guys and gals, that's one thing. If it's natural, if it's organic, if it's in there, if it's a desperation panic move, it completely changes the way that it's perceived, right? Because it's not going to be naturally done. I think this article, and we're going to talk about more stuff that was revealed in it is so indicative right now or it it's everything that's wrong with the MCU gumbo in one they they've gone away from like actually drawing back the arrow and looking in the middle of the bullseye taking their time and hitting it to shooting a bunch of arrows and trying to see which one actually connects and Thinking about doing stuff like this as a reaction is almost anti-MCU. Yes. MCU, the MCU never, ever, ever did that. As a matter of fact, the best thing about the MCU is that they were always ahead of us. They always showed us stuff we didn't think they could do. They always did stuff that we were like, oh my God, we can't believe they did it. Now to know that we're to the point to where they're like, hey man, let's just... Let's just bring back Tony Stark, Iron Man. That's some real base level type shit. But here's the thing. They, I think we all don't give the MCU enough credit for how hard it was to let a character like Iron Man, like by the time Tony dies, you're like, okay, they landed the plane. I can't believe after all these years, I feel satisfied. I'm going to feel very, very cheated if they bring Robert Downey Jr. back and fuck up that moment for a check. It, like, I'm yeah, going to feel will, really, like, just gross about the whole really? thing. Really? Yes. And, oh, well, it depends on how, how they do it, if it, right? if they it bring all depends back, on how like, they do it. All right, if they bring Robert Downey Jr. back and it's not done perfectly, 
I do think it cheapens. It's comic books. Though. The only yeah, but like the only reason that we look at this cynically is because we've been looking at Marvel kind of cynically in a exponential way for the past few years. Like we wouldn't be doubting this if we heard if like the last few Marvel projects have been satisfactory. Like if yeah, I think they forgot like this, how to make movies. At yeah. this point, I don't even know if they like they know what type of movies they want. The to reason make the reason that this reeks of desperation is because we haven't been satisfied with Marvel for quite a while, and to know that like oh well, we're thinking about bringing the old gang back together. Okay, well why are you thinking about that now? Is it because it's kind of been a little stinky over there, and you just want to get the money back? Is that why? I don't think they forgot how to make movies, Charles, but I do think the article mentions it. Like they're spread way too thin. Right, like there used to be a central hub where Kevin Feige would come in, be like, "Hey, this is what we're do. This is what we need to do. This is not working," and they would do like what six weeks of reshoots, and we would get a movie that we'd be like, "Hey, man, that was cool," or "Oh, man, that was great." To some extent, it was rare that we would show up to the theaters, be like, "Ah, that, that thing was ass," you know, like. But now, with all the Disney Plus shows and all the movies, it's become extremely hard to QC. And so at the end of the day, you're gonna some stuff are gonna fall through the cracks. And honestly, a majority of the movies and most of the Disney Plus shows have all like suffered in quality because of that. And so it's very much like a, hey man, let's just calm down. You know, let's stop all the all this stuff, like three shows, four movies a year. We were like, I mean, at the outset, we're like, oh, this is exciting. We're gonna get all this content. But looking at it now, it's way too much for everybody to like control and you know actually take diligent time to work on. And now we're we're suffering the consequences. Well, the reason why I say I think they forgot how to make movies is because of our second point. Blade is a fucking mess. Oh boy. This project has gone through five writers and two directors. They're now trying to make this movie for under 100 million. And reportedly, quote, one person familiar with the script permutation say the story at one point morphed into a narrative led by women and filled with life lessons. Blade was relegated to the fourth lead. Play the music. Don't play the music. Play the music. I didn't write this. That's not me. I'm not the source. Oh my God. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's Charles. nuts. Well, I'm going to stand on it. I don't give a fuck. How hard is a Blade movie to write? It's niggas and vampires. Like, bro, stop, bro. bro. Like, for real, bro. bro like, what do we do? So we should just say that Michael Starberry on his Twitter earlier, Michael Starberry turned in a draft on Blade prior to the writer's strike. Very talented writer on Twitter a little bit earlier said that oh, there could have been another version of the script that was out there, but then the script that he turned in, it didn't sound or read anything like the scripts that were described in this Variety article. Take that for a grain of salt. That is not me casting aspersions on Variety's reporting. It's just me saying, Charles, you have never been more right. The dude could walk in the day and he flipped and he got a sword. <laughs> Can we kill some motherfucking vampires, please? Like yes. what? Like it, it's it's like it, it's not that hard. Can, can we can kill be. some vampires? And it's Mahershala Ali. Like it's, I don't it, understand it, how hard this is. By the way, this nigga only got a couple more years to get this done. <laughs> you right. keep saying this, bro. bro you don't, keep doing bro, this. Can be an older vampire. It's fine, yeah. bro. Mahershala is a dog, bro. A great actor. He's fifty years old, man. We get him to a point where he's gonna be Whistler. <laughs> It's not, it's, it's, it's not. Jesus, you great. Make, make the fucking movie, bruh. 
it is so once again, we're getting back to the MCU and why things aren't going so well. Let me tell you guys something. I've always had this theory. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong. A lot of people talk about excellence being the most important part of greatness. I think timing is the most important part of greatness. I think that it's always about timing. I'll tell you why. If I told you if a nigga came out right now, right now, and was averaging 50 points, 25 rebounds, and 10 assists a game, he's the greatest player of all time. If you do it in 1959, 1960, 1961, not so much, right? When you do something matters as much as how you do it. When we think about the MCU, we think about the, how brilliant they've been making movies, but also think about the time that they came along. Superhero movies are ramping up. The traditional action star is gone. So there were room for characters instead of actors to be action stars. And they take us all throughout this time where we're feeling pretty decent about life. And now the timing is uniquely bad for the MCU. When you think about COVID, when you think about mm -hmm. the fact that they're running out of characters, when you think about uh, it's uniquely bad. So the genius that Marvel is, this really should be the moment that they're proving it. This yeah. should be the moment to me where Marvel is really digging deep. And they've done so, I'm not saying it was easy before, but I'm saying this is the time where you prove just how badass you really are. Blade, they already did that. And it was good. The easiest thing right now that it should do, it should be, should, the easiest thing in the world right now for Marvel to do right now is to make a really dope Blade movie. I don't even think the 100 million. I'm like, all right, that actually gives you that's limitation. Fine. That's fine. I think that's fine. That. Like, bro, bro, you don't fucking need no $250 million to make no Blade movie, bro. <laughs> it's swords and a nigga that with would, a funny haircut. Now, that would, <laughs> that's money laundering bro, right you there. You don't need no $250 to kill nah. no vampires, dog. Nah. You don't need it. You don't need it. Flip and cut. Roll credits. Over. Wait, CGI so can, his eyes. So can I ask you this? From what you were say, just saying, there was a little part in this article where they say that the execs have been talking about basically replacing Jonathan Majors after the disappointment of Quantumania, obviously all the legal troubles. And it was there was just one little line where they were like, they've been thinking of maybe instead of it being Kang that is going to anchor these next two Avengers movies, it being Doctor Doom. And that to me is even more so. I'm like, wait, so you are potentially going to ruin Doctor Doom because you couldn't get Kang right? Like, if they fuck up Doctor Doom, I'm kind of like, bro, like, what What are we doing here? Doctor Doom it, is a character they've never gotten right it, in movies ever. Here's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's the fact that when they mention Quantum Mania, and Joanna mentioned this in her book, which you should check out maybe. Uh, Joe, MCU, who's in this article. Who's also sourced in yes. this article. It, to know that they thought they had a hit with Quantumania <laughs> and to know that like when that like came out they like, like that movie. they were like no our internal nah, barometer man. is fucked up we don't know what like we don't we can't gauge what we think is a hit anymore so now we got to reset everything they got too many our, weed carriers that's our, the problem our next Thanos is what we thought he was when really you're like no you have so many opportunities and opportunities to get this right what do you so saying? so uh, stay for one second for example, Kang. So, you're going to pivot from Kang 
to Doom. All right. Now, obviously, the Secret Wars that Jonathan Hickman, Jonathan Hickman, but even the yeah. Secret Wars from from '86 yeah. or whatever, it's surround Doom. So, what does it look like to pivot? What is it? How does that? How does that change the story? Like, what happens now? Like, it it's such a monumental thing to do. And this kind of goes back to some things that I felt like Marvel could have done to make things a little bit easier on themselves. I'm not going to relitigate the whole Black Panther thing, but I want people to think about when we say timing, just some of the things that have happened to the MCU. Yeah, right. COVID, Chadwick, and now Jonathan Majors. The MCU is not just going through a down period creatively. This is a bad time for them. They're having bad luck as well. And I don't mean to, t- to, to, to chalk up our brother's passing just to luck, but that's, a, that's an occurrence that you cannot plan for. No. And they are panicking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I ask this? Is it also just a level of, it might just not be the MCU's time anymore? Like their that's time what I'm saying. as a cultural force? I, I just mean like, they should have really, after Endgame, they probably should have stopped for five years. They probably it, should have just given people well, time to miss them. And and that's I think that that's been like the biggest question. I I could I could remember when I saw Endgame, and I was like, I don't think I could ever. I, I don't think I never need to watch another MCU thing. Again. That's how I felt. And I was like, would I be okay nah, with that? And nah, I felt like nah, and, nah, nah, I'm not nah, there. Well, no. So I'll put it I was like, yo, man, Spider-Man. <laughs> <running back. laughs> like, I, can't, I can't wait to see what's going to happen after. Right? No, like, I get that. <laughs> I get that. But like, I, I never thought that it could ever get that high again. And I'm not trying to be like revisionist to be like, I wanted to stop it all there and like take a five year break and then see what else you could do and reset the whole thing. But when you mentioned COVID, when you mentioned all of those things that like the studio and the bigger creative engine couldn't account for, and the way that it tries to correct and like make these smaller half measures to create. And then it expounds in these things that end up taking away from the overall quality of what you're doing. And we're now here like three, four years out, like seemingly as many projects from the beginning of Iron Man to Endgame as from the beginning of Endgame to now. And what do we have to show for it? Bunch of mid. Bunch of fun. And like, here's the thing the last thing that this article revealed, yo, the Marvels cost 250 million. Man. It's tracking to make 75 to 80 million domestically in its opening weekend. Nia Costa reportedly, like, this is, I don't know if this actually happened, but the director essentially left to work on her next movie uh, while the Marvels was still months into post production. And then a public test screening in Texas returned middling reviews. Now, I have seen a lot of directors and Hollywood people on social media come to me as defense being like, directors going to pre-production all the time. They're working on a bunch of shit. That's not that crazy. But the thing that I do makes me worry is like, Nita Costa earlier in an interview was like, essentially, hey, as a director, you understand that like this isn't your movie. This is a Kevin Feige production. And if the reviews are middling and some of the rumors are true that this was a troubled production, they couldn't get the story right, I have to ask this. Were they setting this black woman up to fail? Because it's, it's starting to feel like, like now she's just, wait, 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 this was wait, 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 secret wait, 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 invasion. No, no. Like, I'm like, you're talking, you're, ta- you're thinking like, she's like one of those, like you bring in like a black head coach, you know what I'm saying? To a program that like just fired the white dude, bring the black guy, 
right? And like he takes a fall, essentially, is what, ah. you're, what you're saying. Byron Scott. Like by, the Byron Scotts, the what's his name? He just the guy that um uh, uh Lovey Smith in, in Texas mm-hmm. for the Texans, you know, like you're talking about like that where they just bring the black guy in, whatever happens, I'll, happens. I'll, I'll put- if you got to deal with before your movie, if you got to deal with Miss Marvel and Secret Invasion to like whether you like them or not, those did not do what they were supposed to do at all. Okay. And you want like audiences to be excited? I like I don't care what Nia did. I mm. don't care what mm. she did. Like it is like that is like a Herculean task that like you shouldn't put any director in Herculean? that position. I mean, uh, you're saying it like it's an Herculean? isolated incident that Marvel has a. Which one is it, it doesn't have a problem maintaining directors. I mean, this is this has been a problem. Well, I mean, yeah. to be honest with you, it, it's been a specific problem with their female directors. Like true, the, the, the Thor: The Dark World, the, the back Chloe and forth, the, like Patty Jenkins, yeah. Chloe Zhao. Like it's been a specific problem with their female directors in terms of uh, Marvel being able to have good working relationships with them. But overall. It seems the more visionary a director you are, the more you have your own methodology methodology for story, your own style, someone like a Sam Raimi, someone like an Edgar Wright, the harder it is to work for Marvel. Part of what's going on there might be a need to change that dynamic. If you have something to where Kevin Feige is both uh, stretched too thin and still micromanaging every single Marvel production that comes out, that's obviously not going to work. If you're going to have your big guy stretched too thin, perhaps you need to give these directors who have made fantastic films and other places that they've worked more agency to make their types of movies. So something's going to have to give there. Either you're going to keep leaning on Kevin till his brain's a fucking prune and he doesn't have anything left to give, or you're going to have to let Sam Raimi be Sam Raimi. Yeah. Let Nia DaCosta be Nia DaCosta. Let Patty Jenkins be Patty Jenkins or Edgar Wright, whomever. Even he who shall not be named, Josh Whedon, got pissed off to the point to where he wanted to leave Marvel because he didn't feel like it was real filmmaking anymore. So there are ways around this. You know what? Hold on for a second. We got a woman in here. Kuliga! Yo! Um, Don't start this way. We got a woman. Come here real quick. Tell us you're a lady. <laughs> oh, what? Yo. Tell us tell us whether or not you're excited for the Marvels coming out. I don't okay. <laughs> why would you why would you do that? You could just be like, "Hey, Kalika, what do you think about the Marvels?" Van, I don't out? I don't think this is the thing that you think. <laughs> tell us. Are you excited for the Marvels as a woman? Actually, not really. Damn. No. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If it a black a black female director, you're just like, don't care. Don't care. No. Kalika. And I hate women. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think everything you guys talked about, it's just it's just not exciting right now. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what to be excited for. Like nothing against the individual film. But when I was looking at it, I'm like, I kind of don't know that much about these characters, and I've seen them little in little bits. I don't know if I'm excited about an entire movie about these three characters. We haven't seen Monica Rambeau since one WandaVision. Yeah. Man, damn. That's damn. That's from the sister girl tribe, too. She got <laughs> twists in her hair. They don't even have the twists in their hair group of black ladies. 
So how you guys feel? I mean, look, did you guys feel like this article, a lot of people, before we go, um, this people feel like this article really didn't the reputation of the MCU and it feels like it's in shambles now? Or do you feel like this was kind of the MCU putting the fan base on notice that there were some wacky things in store? Uh, I think it's more of the former. Like, I mean, we're, it's stuff we've been discussing for a long time now in terms of like we th- like what we think is happening back there, and it's all laid bare in this article. It's just like, yeah, man, they're doing too much. The people behind it are stretched too thin, and they're leaving leaving gaps in the coverage. I th- uh, and I think that there needs to like I'm looking at the PR angle of this. Like having something like this come out now is a bit of a pressure release valve to have some studio acknowledgement, tacit studio acknowledgement. Be like, okay, like well, we get it. Well, think about we it. We see that something is going on that we are losing the plot on. After after the Marvels premieres, and that's the same day as the Loki finale, what other Marvel projects coming out this year? Not, nothing nothing this up, year. What, nothing. The next one we're getting next year is like Echo? At least confirmed. We got Echo in January, so that's going to be it for the, for the year after the Marvels and you Loki. Know? So they're definitely like, hey, man, 2023? Ah. We sold. Yeah, we got to take that MCU dog out to the back. That's it. Don't forget about Guardians, guys. I don't think we got to take the dog out to the back, right? But, you know, hey, look, you know, you're used to starting, you used to playing 35 minutes a game. You might need you to be the, be the six man and only play 24. You know, if we need you to close one night, we'll get you to close one night. Uh, if you're really hot, you know, we want to play more minutes. But, uh, you no longer a star in this league. Jesus MCU looking Christ. like the new Clippers. Just a bunch of old Washingtons together. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Got a good team. God damn. Jesus. Okay. No, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> if we're talking about basketball teams, it's really like the, like, we're in this um, 2013 to 20 or 2019 Lakers Type thing. Oh no, you just too far. <laughs> it's just okay. true. We you, 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 you say that you say the MCU ain't got no Robert Sacre, bro. Get out of here. <laughs> like some nah, people would argue. No, no, no. Some people would make the no, argument. No, no, no. Can we like, get to it? Love, Love and Thunder was like the twenty. The, Keith, you know, was, maybe uh, Guardians Three was Kobe's retirement season. Lock, nah, where they nah, went nah, off crazy. Nah. Was like, man, what was the, the old future? nigga that came in for one game and like. He 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 started his first game when he was 32. Andre Andre Igru. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Nah, bro. Hey, that was crazy. We was having a blast, bro. Good times. You guys, we're back. The first episode of Invincible has dropped after a long wait. It seems like we were watching Invincible and getting our vaccines at the same time. <laughs> Let me Hold on. This is a this is a, so uh we went to some of us went to the Invincible, like, episode one premiere that had, like, a little thing at the theater. It was really cool. I got to talk to the showrunner, Simon. It was pretty awesome. The Robert Kirkman had said that it had been 30 months since Invincible ended. Wow. And now we're getting the show back. That's crazy. Very long That's time. That's two and a half years. I don't even think we had the name Midnight Boys yet the first time Invincible came out. I don't think so either. It's been it's yeah, been yeah. because the Midnight Boys it didn't start until Loki. No, we were no, we were recording. We were, yeah, we didn't have the name. I think, the Midnight so, Boys no. happened during the Falcon and Soldier run. 
Because, like, we're the Midnight Boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, look, so after a long time, a show that I wasn't as familiar with the comic book when it first came out, but I fell in love with Invincible. Mm, great. Absolutely loved Invincible. Loved everything about it. It's back now. First episode. Brand new villain. Started off in the most jarring way. <laughs> I, I seriously thought that I missed like five episodes. I thought I was watching the wrong one. Yeah. Nah, this, is why, this is why I hate having read the comics because I already knew. See, you see it, man. You, you know see it, Chuck. Yeah, Joby, yeah, Joby. Joby. I, I like it. As, as me and Van oh. being the non-comic book reading Wait. contingent here. Wait, can I, I just I, say I, really I, quick? I, I caught up a little bit, but you know what, man? Fuck the both of y'all. <laughs> like, I don't need y'all having like some kind of like little situation because we don't know. Like y- y'all know what's going on, and y'all knew that it was a whole situation. Well, immediately. I mean, so as yeah, as soon as like Friday morning, I'm like, all right, clearly they, you know they got something going on. And then I'm like, oh yeah, this is I don't ruin it. Yeah, Wait, but okay. really quick, you want to know how I know Invincible was back, and now they got that budget. When that Radiohead song dropped, I was just <laughs> wow. like, bro. And not only that, they played the whole song. Yeah, I was like, just like they, they was got like, that money. We got money That's now. That's that Bezos bucks, baby. What do we think of the first episode, Chuck? I thought it was really interesting. As someone who's read the comics, it's not a direct one-to-one. And no. Robert Kirkman has done this before, especially with Walking Dead. That's why I think made the Walking Dead TV show way better than it had any right to be. In the beginning. In, in the, the beginning. beginning. Not in the beginning. <laughs> In the beginning is that they would really play with the comic books. And in this, Angstrom Levy, um, that character is not as fully fleshed out in the comic books. Yeah. So it was very interesting to see them, the writers, go back and make him a more three-dimensional character. But the Super thing I interesting to, character in this I love Angstrom. What I wanted to character. ask you guys, though, is I was like, when I read this comic book as a teen multiversal storytelling was not what it was. Like, we, there was no fucking Spider-Verse. Like, we had, the mm-hmm. most you got was, like, Crisis on Infinite Fucking Earths. Do you think a general audience will, like, see their, like, oh, wait, Invincible's doing their spider I was annoyed. And, like... I, I, for, for a split second, I was annoyed. Really? Yeah. Yep. Jesus. For a split second, I was, you can't escape it. <laughs> like, it, it, I'm being for real, bro. Like, you can't escape it. No, you're it. right. For a split second, I was annoyed. For a split second, I was like, come on, man. Now like, with this, we, too. Like, can we just have a straight down the middle, like, well, I, story I, of I, the we, thing? They, they did it in Superman, um, uh, My Adventures with Superman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had to do it. They like I'm watching for a split. It, I got it at the end because they were able to use it as a device to come back and make the villain into the villain I'm assuming it's going to become. But for a second, I was like, I don't want no more multiversal And, and having just come off of a Loki episode right. where we just spent a whole episode only to come back exactly where we started. Like, slightly. Guy's guy a god now. He's a time god. I don't understand how it's, it's not talking about Loki. We're talking about Invincible. I understand. It's fine. He's a time god now. I kind of, you're kind of glossing over that fact. I yeah. feel like. You like that. Um, Mark. Mark is in an interesting place. I mean, it starts off, obviously, you see Omni-Man. Man, Omni-Man is fucking terrifying, bro. He's um, a sicko, man. Bro, Omni-Man is He's a taking real his sicko. fucking hand and just chopping niggas in two. Omni-Man don't give a fuck. Yo, what did he say to Robot? What he what he killed him? He's like, you should have died in the womb. I you should have like, died at birth. You should have yeah. died at birth. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, talk, that you is so mean. You don't care. You don't care. Don't care. Mark broke Adam Eve's neck. To paralyze her so he didn't have to kill her. 
And he's been practicing he's that. Been working on that technique uh, in Chicago, apparently. This show does such a good job of making a superhero show where the stakes feel relatable and the characters that are sinister, you feel they're evil. Mm-hmm. You feel scared for cartoons. Even in just this, this simple throwaway line of like, oh, so that was the thing that you were practicing in Chicago. Like, even with that one line, we know that they've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. They've been laying waste to cities upon cities yeah. and that Mark has been holding back a little bit to not immediately kill people but paralyze them. Yeah, it's crazy. I I thought it was, it's not funny, but they're having that conversation and they're like, oh man, like, we gotta kill these people. It's like, you know, ah, that's what we got to do, guys. I'm sorry. You know, you guys are for Viltrum. For, you know, for Viltrum. Like, they're so relaxed about it. And, like, it's, like, kind of terrifying. It's not like, you know, they're, like, super menacing and super evil. This is just a regular Tuesday. Let me ask you a question. And that's what's good about it, right? So, there's another line in uh, uh, a big movie that we all know that, kind of ask that, that that same question, but they use words instead of actions. Remember, in Avengers, he says, uh, Fury says, we don't, we don't have any quarrel with you. And Loki says, does an ant have a quarrel with a boot? You're too insignificant to matter. Mm. The reason why Mark and Omni-Man look at them like that, the reason why they don't make a big deal about killing them is because when you stomp on a bug, you don't make a big deal about it. It's a lower life form. Mm-hmm. It is not something that you think twice about killing. It's not something that you think twice about exterminating. When it does the thing that you don't want it to do, yeah. it dies. And to see someone treat like a human being like that, even in cartoon shape, it's like, fucking shit, these guys are... You can feel it. Yeah. Yeah, like Mark is on the big screen. He's like, we didn't want to have to do it. We don't have to kill millions of you guys, but you didn't listen. So it's like, damn, this is like regular degular. That's nuts. But what I think the show actually does really, really well is that then it gives you the flip of it because I think the emotional core of this episode is like seeing how devastated Mark's mom is. And when she was like, she's like, I was a pet. That's when you're just like, oh, this is the flip side of what do you do? Even Cecil is like, Mark, you got to chill. I'm not letting what happened with your dad happen. Like, I think that this first episode did a very, very good job of not sweeping under the rug how cataclysmic the Omni-Man versus Invincible fight was not only just for Invincible and Omni-Man, but for everybody else in their orbit. Absolutely. Everybody yeah. else is still like... Reeling from that. <laughs> yes, because we never get that. Like in Superman movies, we never really get that like 45 minutes of, okay, like Superman and Zod just fucking fought the world, even the way we think about the world has changed forever. We will now recover. (laughs) Even the Guardians, like, I love the Guardians where it was like, what are the Guardians without Omni-Man? Like, what are, they, they can't even beat this giant. It's taking them so much. They they were so whack. They're so sorry. Like, they were, they were leaning on him for so much. Like, he was gone. You're right. Everywhere, the episode did a good job of like showing the uh, absence of Omni-Man. I mean, it cut you off though. No, I mean, I just think that is what I do. That's what I loved about the comic. And I think that this first episode, it was a little slow. It was a little bit of table setting. But even the fact that, like, oh, now when Invincible has to become kind of this world's Omni-Man, 
and he beats up the Maulers and shit. It was so, I felt so bad for Mark because at the end when everything explodes, he's like, wait, what the, like, it's happening again. Like, my actions are causing hundreds and thousands of people to die. And Cecil's yeah. like, that's what happens when you work for me. Like, chalk it up to the game. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, the game Cecil's the man. He's crazy. I, I think Cecil. I like Cecil. The mark, the mark of everything, I mean, the episode after, you know, we get out of the alternate universe episode airs and like Mark is saving people but not letting himself be seen yeah you know like he's doing it he feels like a responsibility but because of everything that happens with his father right like the first time we see our Mark he's looking at the spot in the mountain where his dad beat the absolute hell out of him right and he's just trying to get back to a place where he feels like he can be useful again you know and that I thought that was like very poignant and very like important to start start with him start with because the last season he was so cocky he was so eager to be like oh yeah I'm ready to help I got this let's go when you get beat up by your pops kind of humbles you a little bit well it's something else though like you know Daddy's, it's tough to take a shot at him, man. They got that old man strength. But there's something else about it. Is last year, he was confident in who he is. Yeah. He knew that he was a good guy. He knew that his father was a good guy. He Mm, knew that his dad represented the good in the world, and that's what he was doing. Now, and the show does such a good, subtle job of this. Like, when Mark is flying around saving people, he's like, He's listless a little bit. He's yeah, not he's, putting, he's out of his head. He's out of his head, right? Mm-hmm. He's going through the motions of doing stuff as if he's trying to prove to himself that he is who he thought that he was. Yeah. He's flying around, laying around, doing the whole deal. He's still doing the same stuff, but he thinks now that there's a chance he that he's a world him. killer. Right. Yeah. Like his dad is. He thinks that there's a that that he's a charlatan a little bit. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's there for. Mm-hmm. And so part of this now is going to be Mark for himself reestablishing what his purpose is. So the whole show has changed really, mm-hmm. which is very exciting to start off a show um with a completely new narrative goal and target for your main character. I mean, I also we have the thing where now Mark is aware of the Viltrumite's tendency to have anger issues. Yeah. So it's so interesting in this episode, he's like, he was about to kill those villains in the beginning. He's just like, fuck these motherfuckers. Like, he slams the table. Like, I think that's also interesting. It's like, Mark is now like, oh, if I get angry, I can turn into Omni-Man. Like, I can, if I just, if I go too far, what happens? So I'm very interested to see how Mark deals with Essentially being the Hulk now. <laughs> Can we talk about the Immortal for a second? Check real quick. Worst superhero I've ever seen. Worst? Terrible. Worst? I, see I don't know about get, worst. I've seen him get packed up too many times for me to take him seriously. Here's the thing, though. Shocker gets packed up way more times, but I, like, pfft, true. I'm I'm, I'm looking at a, like, I know it's all team universe and whatever, but we see him He's up against he, fucking Omni-Man, He keeps going bro. up against Omni-Man. That's the one who keeps he's, packing him he's up. Owing, he's 0-3. Okay, but again, one more with anybody else, I'm, one more the sweet. Immortals pretty great. I don't, I don't know. Now nah, the the Immortals a fucking hater, bro. 
He is a, like showing up at a <laughs> showing up at a kid's house being crazy. Like, I'm, like, come on, bro. That's cra- and you and again, we know if Invincible really wanted it, Omni Man's out of there or not Omni Man, uh, Immortals out of there. So you making empty threats? I don't buy it. I don't believe in you. That guy's got to save the world. I mean, listen, if I was Mark, I would have slapped the shit out of him. If the, right? immor- if the immortal's been living for 2,000 years, like, you, you'll you be talking crazy, too. Like, I mean, you get killed so many times. Like, it's a lot of dip it, I'll on come it. back. Who cares? Also, that motherfucker was racist at one point. So he's looking at Mark like, yo, 2,000 years ago, I would have put you Jesus in place. Jesus Christ. Mm. What? He, you know, what? He's 2,000 years old. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I, like, I've seen the immortal get packed up too many times for me to, like, Put my full faith in him. You know Mark got saying? his ass kicked again. Mark get his ass kicked every show too. It's, it's, his name is Invincible. Uh, I think Invincible as shit. We should, invincible as hell. We should watch the next Invincible and have a drinking contest every single time they say the name Invincible because it got to a point in this okay. episode where I was like, "What is going on?" I, so no, I no, think no. they're making fun of the fact that they never said it in the last season. No, 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 no. <laughs> I the bit was so you know how in the season one they would be like, "Man." If he's really going to be some, he's got to be. And then the title screen would play Invincible. I was waiting this entire episode. I was like, I get the joke. You get exactly. Like, I'm like, guys. They, guys, they, they did it, it like <laughs> five or six times where like literally they like they wait for a beat. It's like, he's going to have to call Invincible. It's like, all right, you know, we, I, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. We could keep it. We could keep it pushing. You know what I mean? But I thought, I mean, it, was, it wasn't like after the like thing after Rex Blow said it. Near the end of the episode, I was like, all right, guys, uh, I get it. I got it. Time to go. Overall, we were feeling the first episode, though. Hell Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, again, like, I'm with Charles. I know where this story kind of goes. I'm interested to see how it differs from the comic books. But, uh, Man, it's uh, it's some good stuff coming. No, oh, shut up, it's Jeremy. With that shitty coming. grin on your face, I'm just you saying, know what's about to happen. It's gonna be fun. Get off me, guys. On Sunday, Splash Page will return. So Jess breaks down. All the Easter eggs you need to know for Loki Episode 5 on Monday. The House of R will be giving you their deep dive on Loki Episode 5. You can find that on the House of R podcast feed. Look, guys, our producer is Steve, the architect, Almond. Jomi, a dinner on on socials. Hashtag Jomi, the circle of life, a dinner on. <laughs> An additional production from Arjuna Rangapal. Steve. Excuse me. Charles. Take us out. Wait, no, hold on. I want to hear Steve take us out. No, Steve, take us out. No, absolutely not. I can't. Do, I don't have. I don't have it like you do, Charles. I, I'm, I'm not too proud. Invincible was good. Loki was bad. Once again, I am always right. The MCU is going out sad. <laughs> So what do you do? Weed carriers, Joby. You know what a weed? You don't know what a weed carrier is? No, I'm not locked in. Oh, interesting. Oh, wait, really? <laughs> I was. Confused. Do you know was... what it is, Steve? Yeah, yeah. It's like a nigga in the crew that carries the weed. Yeah, the guy with the backpack. Yeah, like, like you know, um, the rapper. fall guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah weed yeah. carrier. Okay. Anyway. Nah, I'm not locked in. You, what was that? Was that like? Okay, it's interesting that you know. I know who you, the, you don't know the vernacular. Nah, well, I'm not outside like that. Like, you know, I don't, I don't participate hmm. in the medicinal I wanna say marijuana. Something, I want to say something real quick. Jomi, I see why he's so successful now. Why? At the live show, I met Jomi's parents. Oh, boy. The 
nicest two human so beings nice. yes. so I ever nice. met before in my life. I meet his mom. She opens her purse. She gives me out a little cup of jollof rice. She gives it to me. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that's crazy. That's insane. She's like, she's like, you, you like the job? No, his parents were so nice, bro. It was so it's such a pleasure to meet your family, bro. Oh, it's so great.